Welcome to the NRL.com preview podcast. We're here to talk about the second week of the Telstra Premiership Finals series. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined, as always, by NRL.com crack reporter Alicia Newton. Alicia, thank you for being here. Always good to be here, CK. Hello to you. And hello to Marty Lenahan, who is back to talk through all the uh, all the, the two finals games from week uh, two of the finals. Marty, thank you for being here. Nice to be here, guys. Before we get to the previews, I did speak to North Queensland Cowboys legend Michael Morgan a little bit earlier on for his thoughts on the upcoming game. So we are going to take a quick listen to that. It's now my very, very great pleasure and privilege to welcome to the NRL.com preview podcast, North Queensland Cowboys great Michael Morgan. Michael, thank you so much for being with us. No worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, congratulations on a, uh, a stellar career and what you are able to achieve up there uh, at the Cowboys. Obviously, a little bit of a, a tough season, a bit of a transition year for the, the Cowboys. Before we talk about the finals teams, um, what have you sort of felt watching on as the uh, the team's gone through You know, a little bit of a, a rebuilding phase? Yeah, I've, I've really felt for them, particularly the back end of the year when they you know, were on a bit of a losing streak. And you know, midway through the year, they were actually going really well and uh, they were sitting at seventh in seventh spot. So, you know, at that time, I was probably more jealous than anything. Uh, yeah. But uh, and that's yeah, when you really feel like you miss it completely and you, that's all you want to do and go back to. But um, yeah, if, if towards the end of the year, I just felt bad for the boys because I knew how hard they were working um, and things, you know, results just weren't going their way. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, fingers crossed for uh, brighter things in the future for uh, for Todd Payton and the, the developing young squad up there in North Queensland. Let's talk about the uh, the semis coming up this weekend. So there's a couple of absolutely mouthwatering clashes. I wanted to get your th- thoughts first of all on the um, both the Roosters, sorry, the the Sea Eagles and the Panthers, um, the two teams that finished in the top four and, and coming off losses. Um, you guys actually went through something like that in 2015, losing uh, week one of the finals and then uh, going on to to take it all out. How much of a, a hurt? I mean you know, without having sort of too much to compare it to, how much of a hurdle is that to overcome? And how do you rate the, those two teams' chances of, uh, of bouncing back? Yeah, it is hard. Uh, well, both grand finals that I made it to, we went, um, we had to win three games previous. Uh, but yeah, in 15, we, we lost to Brisbane um, in the first weekend. It, it's probably, if the biggest thing is probably just the, the games are more physical. Um, so it takes that bit longer to get over. So you're not going in as fresh as what, you know, a team with a week off is doing. And if you compare it sort of Melbourne, they can probably afford a week off because it looks like they're really informed. Everyone knows what they're doing and uh, what they need to do. Whereas if you just had a close win going into, you know, and getting a week off, you probably have things that you want to work on and improve on, but um, you haven't got, I guess, a game up your sleeve. So, but then you're also at risk. So it's certainly an advantage to have the week off. Um, If I was to, be able to ever do it again I'd prefer the week off just to refresh because they're such big emotional games and um, now you know Melbourne sit one win away from going into a grand final so uh, it's a much easier way to do it. Be a little bit of a contrast between Manly and the Panthers because Manly were going in against this unstoppable Storm team and probably not too many people giving them a chance of causing the upset but on the other side of the coin Penrith I think almost everyone was expecting them to account for South they smashed them by 50 earlier in the year they were far too good for them just two or three weeks ago I think not too many people were expecting Penrith to, to go down in the week one of finals so we're certainly having to recalibrate what we're expecting from Penrith now and they're gonna to have to do it the hard way. Yeah, um, it's um, it's it's funny. I remember when we made the, you know, scraped into the finals in 2017, Paul Green said, um, you know, all you need to do is get there and then anyone's a chance uh, because it's such a different game. And uh, the, the teams that are left, there's so much, well, you know, there already is from coaches and assistant coaches, a lot of time put into, you know, video work. But 
when it gets to semis, you're only thinking about that one game. There's no, you know, no next week or the week after. You you really do put all your focus and attention on that game that weekend. So you're able to break teams down a lot more and a lot more be a lot more specific with what you want to do and what, how you want to play. And I think that's yeah. There's always that sort of situation in the semis is there someone who is expected to you know win the first week or most definitely win the first two weeks and Penrith were probably that team this year um, but it's it's a completely different game in finals and like I said teams are better prepared than ever so um, I wasn't shocked to see you know them be upset and Penrith lose but um, you know, I was surprised just because of how well they've been going this year. How who does that favour when you get to a clash like Penrith v Para, where Para was sort of coming in off a, a pretty physical win and, and Penrith are coming in off a, a disappointment just in, you know, psychologically? Well, I think from a, you know, speaking from a psychologically point of view, Parramatta will feel this week like they have nothing to lose, I, I feel, going up against them. And, um, you know, that can be dangerous to play against a team like that sometimes because they're, yeah, no one, no one's probably going to give Parramatta too much of a chance this week. And, They'll, the expectations will all be on Penrith and they were on them last week and South did a good job of, um, you know, beating them and beating them at their own game, really. It was a tight, gritty game and South overcome them. So, um, yeah, it'll 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 still be a test for, for Penrith, I think. I I think they'll win, but, um, yeah, really, it's anyone's game. And how do you view the, uh, the other one? We've sort of got, you know, Storm gave everyone a bit of a blueprint on how to handle Tommy Trevojevic last week and uh, the Roosters team. I think, you know, everyone's been pretty impressed by the, the resilience they've shown with that huge uh, injury toll and someone like Sam Walker coming in, a bit of a, a breath of fresh air. He only got 10 minutes last week, but he came up with two pretty huge plays in that time. Yeah, yeah he did. Um, and, you know, you know that... Um the Roosters will be well-prepared. Um, you know, they're well-coached and well-driven well and they've got le- good leadership. A few leaders still in their team, but, um, you know, you see Boyd Corner up in the um, coach's box on at the game. So there's still, you know, good players around the team that can help individuals and um, that's probably how they've managed to still go really well. So, um, yeah, Melbourne are pretty good at breaking the team down and, I, yeah, you saw them do it very well on the weekend against Manly and stopping Tommy Turbo. So, um yeah, Roosters may, may copy them and uh, be able to find a way. But, yeah, I, I think he'll bounce back personally. Yeah, he's a, a hard player to keep quiet. Two absolutely tantalising uh, semifinals coming up this weekend. Michael Morgan, a, a huge thank you for joining us on the NRL.com preview podcast. No worries. Thanks for having me. We are uh, this week uh, brought to you by the uh, Coates Golden Ticket. Coates Hire is giving you the chance to win two golden tickets to every Origin game in 2022. Uh, for your chance to win those tickets, uh, visit CoatesGoldenTicket.com. Let's talk some footy. Um, two huge games coming up this weekend. It starts on Friday night. Alicia, the Seagulls up against the Roosters. Uh, Roosters dealt a blow at the judiciary with Sam Beryls being out. Uh, the opposite fate befalling uh, Manly, who get their hooker back. Uh, Lachlan Croker was a big out for them in week one of the finals, but he uh, has been named to return. Yeah, massive blow for for the Roosters. And, you know, I was watching on just that judiciary and the coverage that, that Troy at NRL.com provided last night. And there was a lot of, I thought the Roosters had a pretty decent case. Um, some of the quotes that were coming out were quite good. It's worth reading on the website. But, um, yeah, I mean, they had to roll the dice, really, didn't they? Because, um, you know, if they, if they didn't win this week anyway, they would have wondered what if. So, yeah. Um, Big blow. I'm curious now to see who they bring in. Um, there's, there's obviously a couple of options there. They got Ben Marsh here uh, in the reserves, or I, I was even thinking even if uh, Victor, like, does he start for that first 20 and then move back to lock? We obviously know how dynamic he's been 
in the middle, but um, yeah, a couple of choices um, there for, for Trent Robinson to, to work with. Strange one that Freddie Lussick's not even in the 21, knowing as they did that there was uh, doubt over Sam Barrels. Yeah, that's uh, I'm, I'm, it could be something that they might be able to apply for. I'm not too sure. We obviously know that he went to the Dragons for a little bit to get some match fitness in a few weeks ago. So, yeah, um, I think it'll be Marsh here. I don't think Sam Walker's an option either off the bench. I think they like his role at the moment and we obviously saw what he did last week against the Titans. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a wait and see on that one, but I'm sure... Uh, the Roosters will have something up their sleeve with it. What are your thoughts on the Sea Eagles, Marty? The uh, a lot of the talk out of the uh, the Manly loss was just how well uh, Melbourne contained. Sorry, the the Melbourne loss, how well Melbourne contained Tom Travoyevich, um, cutting down his time, cutting down his space, um, the way they defended on the edges, uh, just didn't really give him any uh, room to move. Um, is that a bit of a blueprint for the, the Roosters or Tommy uh, Turbo with his quality you see him bouncing back this week? Oh, look, I think he'll hit back. I mean, at the end of the day, the Blake put together 15 of the, the best games of footy we've seen. So I guess uh, you're all entitled to have a bad game and you are coming up against, you know, they were last week a side that just, you know, Melbourne, every detail, every opponent they've got, they know how to handle them. They knew exactly what he was going to do. They're just, they're relentless when they've got the ball and when they're defending and, you know, Manly were just that little bit off their game. I mean, Tom certainly wasn't at his best, but there was a number of players, uh, you know, who just didn't play as they had been in recent weeks. And it just wasn't the right opportunity for him most of that game. And when he did go looking for that ball in around the ruck, which has been getting him some tries and things against other sides, Melbourne were just all over it. So, look, I think you can guarantee he'll have a, a much bigger influence against the Roosters. Um, he'll be much harder to contain, but... You know, I guess for Manly, it's just a matter of how you bounce back from a, a pretty substantial loss. I think a lot of people certainly gave them a chance in that game and they were they were humbled, really. They were, they were put away early and just never really got into the game. So they've got to work out how to bounce back pretty quickly. Do you reckon Croker back will have much of a, an influence? I don't think that um, uh, Carl Lawton was a huge problem for them uh, against Melbourne. Melbourne were just fantastic, but having their, their first string number nine back has got to be at least a bit of a boost. Oh, it certainly helps. I don't think whether they uh, win or lose the game will, will come down to who plays at hooker. But uh, yeah, certainly at any time you've got that side that you would prefer to have on the field and you've had those combinations working for you and, you know, Cherry Evans and, and four in there in the halves, obviously they'll uh, they'll be a little bit more settled this week. But, you know, it's it's obviously a was a slight uh, bit of upheaval for them last week, but they were just they were just blown away and they just have to they have to start the game a lot better. There was the composure was pretty poor. I think uh, you know, Morgan Harper had a game that he'd rather forget. They made too many errors and they were just punished. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they how they hit back. Whereas this one won and lost Alicia. I noticed the, the Roosters will be without CY Takiaho has got a bit of a, a cast train. They do get Nat Butcher back a little bit sooner than we're expecting, though. Yeah, the Takiaho injury is a bit of a blow, but I, I don't think he's had as much impact as probably previous years we've seen from him. I think him and Jared have, have you know, obviously Jared's been managed through the knee injury, but they're probably a bit burned out at this stage of the year. Um, so, yeah, Nat Butcher comes back. I don't know too much around his fitness. He obviously had that, uh, I think it was an MCL injury. So um, it would be interesting to see how many minutes he gets. But, yeah, like Marty said, with just on Manly, like I think from the first set, they were trying to throw the ball around. There wasn't a lot of respect there for the ball. Um, and they were made to pay, basically. Melbourne, you don't give Melbourne any leg ups. And, and Manly basically put 18 points on the platter for him early. So, um, yeah, I mean... 
the Roosters, for me, you know, they, they got very lucky last week, obviously, against the Titans, like that finish. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm sort of at a point now where I'm like, well, was that their grand final? We sort of see a team peak. Like, was that their peak? Um, can they back up that performance, like, emotionally and and try and take down this Manly side? We obviously know that they finished fourth and fifth on the ladder, respectively. They were both um, fighting for that top four spot. So, I think it's a very even contest, but I think Manly at their best will be too good for this Roosters side who um, it's interesting to hear people's thoughts around the Roosters, like whether they are tired or whether they're, you know, they've had all these young guys come through with all the retirements. Like, are they buzzing at this time of the year? Um, so, yeah, I'm keen to hear, I guess, your thoughts on that and um, where where the Roosters sit at the moment because it's a bit of a tough one for me. Yeah, it was a. Um, I've been on a few of uh, James Tedesco's uh, media zooms the past couple of weeks. He was asked um, before uh, the weekend um, whether you know players were a bit uh, fatigued just through all the injuries they've had this year, and you know some guys have had to, you know, some of the forwards had to play bigger minutes than they've expected, and it's sort of been pretty grueling. And he said, "Well." Yes and no, like so many guys have had, you know, Josh Morris, who's one of the older guys, had an extended break um, through injury. You know, Jared Hargreaves has had a, a few weeks off. Crichton and Radley have both had plenty of games out, you know, suspended. Other guys have been in and out through injury and, and so on. So there's not actually too many guys who've been, you know, in the team and playing big minutes all year, which um, obviously you don't ever want to have injuries, but it's sort of, you know, it has meant a few of the guys are fresh. Then he was asked this week the same question, but more compared to last year when they were going for the three-peat and they'd spent two full seasons being the hunted and the the premiers and having everyone coming after them. And he sort of thought it might, like you just touched on, add a bit of freshness this year with a few young guys who aren't sort of worn down from a couple of years of, of being at the peak. Um, even, you know, Lockie Lamb, Sam Walker, Drew Hutchison, these guys who weren't, you know, part of that, um, you know, the, the premiership wins and being hunted for a couple of years. So there might be some freshness there as well. Yeah, and I just on Lockie Lamb, like I've, I don't think defensively is pretty good last week, but I don't think he offered a hell of a lot in attack. I thought that they tried to rely on Teddy too much. With, with Victor, obviously, he was great in the middle, just providing that link play. But I feel like they're going to need a little bit more out of Lockie Lamb if he does start this week. And then, obviously, Sam Walken comes on whenever he needs to. But, um, yeah, I don't mind it for a defensive move early, but I think we need to see a little bit more from, from Lamb. Mm. What do you make of that sort of three halves scenario, Marty? We've seen Sam Walker coming off the bench for a while now, and it's been working for them. He came on last week and um, made a, a match-saving tackle and kicked a match-winning field goal. Admittedly, the tackle came after he was palmed off by uh, Bo Fermore, who admittedly beat a few other players as well on that uh, long-range run. But in terms of looking after his body, he's obviously copped a, a few whacks for a, a slightly built a teenager and it's sort of it seems like it's allowing him to be fresh and by the same token he doesn't seem to be overawed to have to come on in the last 10 minutes and, and win a finals game for them either well, it was a pretty good nine minutes wasn't it, it was uh, <laughs> i mean the thing about getting palmed off and coming back that's a mindset that's an attitude that you know that that game could have been gone right there forget about what patrick herbert did it could have been gone with philip sammy if uh, if walker didn't come back so and all of that was after the field goal so look they got a bit a little bit lucky i think with Poor old Patrick Herbert, you know, do, doing what he did, but that was just the pressure of the the moment. But I'd actually like to see uh, Sam Walker coming to the starting side. I think Lamb could go to hooker. It's something they, they'll certainly look at. I mean, they have got Ben Marshy in the reserves, and that seems logical. And I think Robinson obviously is enjoying the, I guess, the variety that he's got of Walker can come on. It, it won't be as late as it was last week, obviously, but he's got a bit of variety if he's on the bench. But I tell you what, it'd be a 
be a bit of a shock tactic. It, it would surprise Manly, I think, if he came into the starting side and uh, Liam went to hooker. So certainly something they can look at there. I think we've uh, weighed up all the pros and cons of the uh, Roosters and Seagulls this week. Finish us off with uh, your tip. Mate, I'm going to go for uh, the Roosters. I think they might have a bit of momentum from last week. I think the... The two sides that come into these games having lost in week one, um, you know, you can't escape the fact that they're going to be a little bit down. Manly were pretty well handled last week. So I think the Roosters can uh, can keep this sort of emotional role going. And, and I do like the, the concept of some of these guys being pretty fresh and not having played a lot of footy. So I reckon they can, they can roll on. How do you see it, Alicia? Oh, I've gone with Manly. Um, just thinking of the form guy. Like these two teams play each other in round one. There's absolutely no form between them. Um, we, we obviously know the Roosters punished uh, Manly in that round one game, but yeah, I think Manly will bounce back. I think they will learn a lot from last week's game against Melbourne and start a lot better. So I think Manly will win. Yeah, I found this impossible to tip. I've gone back and forth a few times at the moment. I've um, I've got the Roosters penciled in there, but um, should be a, a ripping game either way. That takes us into uh, Saturday night footy, the Battle of the West being held in the north, the Eels and the Panthers. Um, Alicia, how do you uh, see the two teams uh, matching up for this one? I do like that, uh, you know, Battle of the West, but they're playing in the north. It should be pretty warm. They'll be used to these temperatures in Mackay, you know, battling it out in the in the preseason summers, and so heat won't be an issue for both these sides. But um, look, another cracker game I think coming up. Parramatta, um, I thought were really impressive against Newcastle last week, especially when it like the Knights got a bit close to them um, on the scoreboard, and yeah, that penalty try, like you still had to work for it. I thought like some of those forwards last week, Regan Campbell-Gillard, et cetera, just absolutely punished the Knights forward pack. If they do that against Penrith, which we've seen Penrith struggle against South Sydney, like line up last week in that that forward pack battle, they really did struggle. So if Parramatta can replicate that, I think they give themselves every chance of winning. And um, yeah, I mean, a lot of question marks around Penrith as well um, after that game against South, but a little bit, um, you know, like Manly though, and if anything, they were a bit depleted with um, some of those guys that were late withdrawals. So I'm not reading too much into that loss, but I think that they definitely obviously got to improve if they want to beat this parasite. Still on the theme of the Eels forwards, uh, Marty Regan Campbell-Gillard obviously was a, a man on a mission. He's come back from a, a groin strain. He was putting some monstrous shots on, uh, all good clean shots as well. He, he really made a statement. Um, they've named Ryan Madison in Jersey 17 this week, a little bit controversial. He wasn't in the 17 last week. Brad Arthur sticking with the side that got the job done against Melbourne a couple of weeks before. Uh, Makahesi Makatara only ended up playing 13 minutes, I think it was, um, in the first week of the final. So maybe a, a case there to get the more experienced campaigner, Ryan Madison, into the side, but it's, uh, it's still an interesting decision to have Lane and Nucore starting and, and Madison off the bench and Papali still on the bench as well after the season he's had mostly in the starting side. Yeah, I think Papali, he's the really interesting one on the bench. Obviously, we know these things can be changed uh, before kickoff and that may happen. I love seeing Madison back there. I think uh, geez, he'll be ready to come off the back fence after he was left out last week and the season could have ended for them and, and that would have been it for him. So, may well prove to be a master stroke that he's uh, back and ready to go this week. I love the look of their bench. I just think that's a, a really strong bench, whether they shift any of those guys around or not. It's a, it's a powerful bench. And talking about their defence, Ray Stone was uh, mm. absolutely levelling anyone that moved last weekend. So I just reckon Parramatta, they're sort of shaping up now as a real smoky for me. I think they, they come in with a bit of momentum. And, and Penrith, where I think there's a few concerns out of that game. There's a couple of guys 
particularly Luai, and I thought Lee and Martin looked like they're just maybe feeling the effects of very long seasons and that sort of, um, I guess, that buzz that Penrith played with for most of the last two years. So I just, I didn't think a lot of it was there last week. So, you know, a few worries for them, I think. I'm glad you mentioned Ray Stone. I thought his uh, service at a dummy half was actually reasonably useful. And then his defence, yeah, I think 50 tackles he ended up making up and uh, most of them look like they would have stung. Um, Alicia, what about Penrith? They did look uh, off their game against uh, South last week. How much do you think was down to missing uh, Dylan Edwards at, at fullback? I know Stephen Crichton made plenty of metres, but um, Charlie Staines had a pretty forgettable game on the uh, on the wing and, and Dylan Edwards just with his presence in the middle and his support around the ruck, he's, uh, he's a big in. Yeah, 100%. I think um, I mentioned it maybe in the match report last week or the aftermath of it that, you know, uh, Stephen Crichton was amazing at almost 300 metres and, um, you know, had some really tough carries. But when it came to the support play, I think it was Isaiah Yo made a bit of a break in the first half mm. and usually Dylan Edwards is right there. He was there in that prelim final last year, um, but there was no support play on that occasion. And then again, I think with either Luai or kick out those breaks right at the end, again, you'd, you'd probably expect Dylan Edwards to be in the middle there and um, Crichton wasn't there. So um, definitely I think people underestimate um, the impact that Dylan Edwards has on that side, especially defensively. And um, as good as Stephen Crichton obviously is, I think he needs to move back to the wing. Um, I think Charlie Staines is out of sorts massively. I don't know whether the, the pressure has got to him. Um, obviously he come with massive raps following last year's efforts. Um, but yeah, he just hasn't had that same success this year on an individual level. Mm. Um yeah, it's it's really interesting as as Marty said with someone like Jerome Law. I agree. Like you know, we're so used to him annoying other other players in other teams and really firing up, but we just haven't really seen that at the moment. Um, he's a massive key. I think he's 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 due. I think too. Like I, I don't write. I'm not writing Penrith off, and I'm not writing Jerome Luai off. But I think you know it's it's obviously now or never. He has to do one. I think against a side like Parramatta um, in that local rivalry. There's no better way than to bring that out. But, yeah, I'm not completely off Penrith um, as much as a lot of other people are. Um, but they've obviously got to get it together this week if they want to keep that grand final dream alive. Mm. Yeah, I felt a bit for Charlie Staines on the weekend. I, I reckon he's just an out-and-out fullback. I don't think – I know he's had, you know, a few tries – uh, on the wing, but I just think with his his size and his style of play, he's, he's better suited to being a sort of a, you know, he's obviously a, a lighter frame. I think a, a speedy ball playing fullback rather than, you know, they, they just needed a big body on the wing for some carries. I wonder if they might have been better served with a, a Brent Naden rather than than Staines on the wing. Um, Marty, what's your take on the, the Lua situation? You know, I love him as a player, but he doesn't really seem to have the same uh, spark about him since probably the origin period might have taken a bit out of him. Well, this is a very different year for Penrith. I mean, when they went on the roll last year, they just didn't have the number of players that had to play. Well, Origin was at the end of the year anyway. So this year we had it back in the middle of the season. We've seen it take a toll on different players at different times, coaches trying to work out who they rest. Um, if you look back at every single guy that went through Origin, it's interesting to see how they've come through. But Penrith had a huge representation, and I just think he strikes me as one of those guys that may look, probably come out and leave egg all over my face this weekend. I hope he does, you know, for Penrith's sake. But um, the fact they would only score 10 points, um, the South forwards would dominate them, which is where you sort of think Fisher, Harris and those blokes would have had the, the wood on South. So, yeah, I think Jerome, hopefully he can, he's only young. I mean, hopefully he can uh, he can find uh, that spark again this week. He's going to need to because Moses was, was on fire last week and Dylan Brown is 
very dangerous as well. So on the form guide of last week, you'd say Parramatta have got a clear edge, certainly in the halves there. Hardly talked about Mitch Moses yet, uh, Alicia, but he had a terrific game against the Knights last week. I thought Dylan Brown was probably a little bit off. He had a couple of um, pretty dusty kicks and a, a couple of sort of wobbly defensive moments, but Moses was uh, was epic. Yeah, I think uh, Brad Arthur might have said after the game that uh, Mitch Moses' first kicks just uh, must have been blowing a gale up there in that first half and couldn't get it together. But once once he sort of picked up the conditions and, and adapted to it, he was much, much better. But, yeah, I mean, he was a massive point of difference for um, for Parramatta last week, and, and that's been the question about Mitch Moses. You know, can he lead in such a big big games and big pressure moments? Um, last week was obviously a start for him, and uh, now it's a matter of, of backing it up. But, yeah, the Dylan, Dylan Brown's probably another guy that, you know, similar to Law, um, obviously never played Origin, but is it a case of, you know, he, he needs that um, – he needs to sort of find something else about his game. I like the fact that they've swapped swapped sides, like going back to the to their normal edges of what they played um, previously. Because um, I think Parramatta's overall structure defensively, as well, has been much much better. But um, yeah, it's a massive 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 battle between these halves. And um, yeah, and, and and another one as well. I mean, we've we've touched on Jerome Luai um, a little bit, but Api Coruscant as well. I, I don't think he's been the same this year either. And and even when they had that, he had that wrist injury um, earlier on in the year. They had Mitch Kenny come in, and and he was amazing for them at hooker. So mm. um, I want to see him sort of improve a little bit more as well, and really try and get those guys on the front foot. Yeah, it's interesting. I won. I think it's probably the we've covered off the the form wise between the two teams. We'll get into the tips. Uh, Alicia, how do you see this one panning out? Um, I've gone with Penrith to bounce back. Um, yeah, I, I think obviously it is now or never. We've said that, but. Yeah, I just I'm expecting a bounce back and a real response from from them. And what better way than against this Parramatta side? Marty, how do you see it? Oh, look, I do think uh, Dylan Edwards and, and Leota as well coming back are huge ins for Penrith. But uh, mate, I'm on the upset train this week in both games. I'll be uh, I'll be going for Parramatta. I just like what they did last week, and I think uh, I think they might be able to uh, spring a bit of surprise. I just I just thought Penrith were very disappointing last week, and and might just be. Uh, on the slide a little bit. Yeah, they were well off their game. Certainly the one-week form line favours the uh, Eels, but I just feel like yeah, probably the last game between the two wasn't a, a true test because of so many players being out for Parramatta, but um, Penrith were able to grind them down mid-season, even without Cleary, and Eels just had a bit of trouble breaking them down. I feel like Penrith just still have a little bit of the, the wood over them a, a tiny bit, so Penrith in a, a tight one. For me, uh, before we go, I do have to uh, mention that uh, grand final tickets, uh, grand final Sunday, October 3, kicking off at 6 30 p.m. Uh, local time at Suncorp Stadium tickets now on sale uh, for members um, will be available to the general public for $49 from 9 a.m. on Thursday the 16th. That's all we've got time for on this uh, preview podcast for the second week of the finals. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you Marty and thank you Alicia. We'll be back this time next week to talk through the prelims. 